You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's news and insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Hello listeners, welcome to the Tax Wrap podcast, episode 158. I'm Steve Burnham and I'm joined as always, which is a pleasure, by David Ebden. G'day Steve. Hi David. Um, look, uh, I wanted to pick your brains, David, um, a little bit. I've got a, f- a friend, well, an acquaintance, a friend of a friend who has a bike shop, a you know, bicycle shop. Um, sells stuff, repairs things, and he's doing quite well. And he's moving premises up to a bigger place, which is great, which is really nice. Kind of whinging to me, having a complaint about he's got to account for all the stock. He's got to, apart from moving these things, he's got all these bits and bobs and pieces in his in his shop that he's got to move. But while he's moving it, he's sort of like valuing it. Um, and this is all to do with the trading stock uh, activity, mm-hmm. stock take, I suppose, that he's going to have to do with at the end of the year. He's, um, he's just started, so he's got to have a, an idea of what the value of all this stock is. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, what's the rules around trading stock valuations and all that sort of thing. How, how, how should you go about it? Okay, Steve. So I, th- I think uh, first off, the best place would be to start on what is trading stock. Yeah. So um, the definition uh, in Section 70-10 of the um, Income Tax Act is... Um, Trading stock includes anything produced, manufactured or acquired that is held for the purposes of manufacture, sale or exchange in the ordinary course of the business. Yeah, yeah. This is what I, th- I thought. It was things that he sells, and the chains, sprockets, pedals, saddles, all that. Not, I suppose, the uh, the oils that he uses when he, you know, yeah, fine-tunes yeah, 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 it by. Yeah, correct. So, so yeah, stuff. Yeah, items uh, which would become part of articles produced for sale. Yeah. As, as you say, the, the chains the bits. and yep, the, yep. the pedals. Um, or, you know, if they're in the manufacturing business, raw materials would also be classed as... Um, so maybe not applicable in this case. No. Um, it also includes anything that is held for the purpose of manufacture, sale or exchange. Right. And includes containers, labels, packing or binding materials, you know, ah. if it, it posts okay, the so items out to... So labels and containers as well, like like mm-hmm. envelopes. Well, there's, there's there is a caveat. Um, if these materials form part of the product manufactured, sold, or exchanged, yep. or the materials are held for the purposes of sale or to be provided to the customer, okay, in the course of business. Okay, so I mean, um, there's always exceptions I've found in, in tax law. What's not trading stock? Oh, there's a uh, there is. Uh, quite a long list again in uh, section 70-10 um, I don't think any of these will be of interest to uh, the bike shop no but just in the but, general um, in, in general um, some examples include uh, financial arrangements under the TOFA rules yep and um, CGT assets owned by a compliant super fund right uh, and, and some other things I mean these are more livestock examples but standing or growing crops or trees Right, oh, yeah. fruit still attached to the tree <laughs> is also not stock. Um, any animals used as beasts of burden, huh. or which do not work in the primary production business, building materials purchased by a building contractor for the purpose of fulfilling a building contract on another person's land, oh, yeah. uh, new plant or equipment held on standby to replace existing plant, and um, goods which are used to earn income by hire or rental, not for manufacture. But maybe in the in the bike shop case, um, materials or spare parts which are supplied to customers, but only as minor and incidental aspects. Right. That's not classed as 
trading stock. Well, it sounds like it's just the main goods that are that are traded in in that business. Correct. I mean, we need to stick to the bike shop. That's just what yeah. brought up the uh, yeah. the conversation. Now, what about valuing uh, these? Is it it's like market value? Is it what they 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 paid for the items that the stock they put on the shelves? Okay, there are three primary methods um, to value stock yep. in section 70-45. Uh, any method may be chosen for each item of stock. Um, a fourth method can be used if an election is made, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, the available methods are, uh, firstly, cost price to the taxpayer. Uh, the second is replacement value at the end of the year. Oh, well. uh, and the third is uh, market selling value. And the fourth one is a, a lower value where it is reasonable due to obsolescence or other special circumstances. Okay. But um, I, I know I know this might sound um, obvious. Yep. But uh, it's it's worth well, pointing we've got to out. Spell it out. Yep. yep. But there's there's only one method of uh, valuing opening stock, o- and that will be opening stock. Okay. Okay. But, is that- and that's the closing value from the prior year. You oh. can't change from. Yes. You know, 30 June to 1 July. Oh, the way you value it? Yeah. It's got to be the same on each end of the financial year? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, the opening stock must match the closing stock. Okay. I know that sounds obvious to uh, many well, listeners, but I have seen... People try to try it. <laughs> yeah. That'll get you in trouble. So, sometimes it's not possible to identify the actual cost of the item that's on the shelf. Right. Unless the owner of the store includes the cost price in a certain code attached to the article. Oh, yeah. So any increase in stock value above the actual historical cost has the effect of increasing the taxable income in the current income year and would correspondingly um, reduce the profit to be taxed when the item is eventually sold. Yeah, yep. So, you know, if you have quick-moving items, this might not really matter all oh, that much, yeah. but being legally able to defer any book profit until a slow-moving item is sold right. is an advantage. Yeah, yep. I suppose that would come into, into say, uh, I'm just imagining a plumbing shop who mm. buys a stack of copper pipe one year. By the end of the year, the price of copper's gone up a lot. The same mm. item hasn't improved. It's just sitting there. may have gone up in value. I can imagine that would happen a lot, mm. um, um, which is where these rules need to come in. Yeah. Mm. Um, but the, um, the ATO's view um, is that the absorption cost method is the correct one for determining the cost of trading stock on hand at the end of a year in a manufacturing business. Right. Um, absorption costing deals with costs of materials and direct labour yep. and um, also the indirect costs such as overhead. Okay, and what, what are the other ones? Uh, as mentioned, the second one is replacement value. Uh, this is a very, very simple method in most cases. Rather than keep records of what items cost, you just simply check the replacement costs as at the end of the year. Oh, okay. So that one's nice and simple. Yep. Uh, the market selling value, uh, you go about this one by valuing the closing stock at the market selling value. That's to say the market value in the person's selling market. Yep. Uh, applicable at the year end. This method would most commonly be used um, when an item of stock has fallen in a value to a level below cost. Okay, so it's gone down. Yeah, yeah, okay. correct. And the um, the special valuation method that I mentioned um, is where, in some instances, with obsolete stock, uh, you, you can't really use any of the three methods that have been uh, mentioned by Section 70-45. Um, you know, for example, um, fashion clothing or um, 
old copies of tax summaries. Um, so when trading stock becomes obsolete, um, a taxpayer may elect to use a reasonable value, which is lower than the lowest value, which could be determined using any of the three methods I've already spelt out. Um, if this does apply to any of our listeners, um, it's detailed more in a tax ruling 93-23. Oh, good. 93 slash 23. And that's for the special valuation method. Right, right. So you got to, you, you find out the value at the beginning of the year and the end of the year. What, from a tax point of view, do you do with that difference? What does it mean for a business? Oh, it's, it, it's all um, accounting, as, um, as many listeners will know, the uh, cost of goods sold. Um, you've got your income stock, your yep. purchases, and your uh, closing stock, yep. and that comes out and gives you your cost of goods sold. So it's just about recognising the expense at the right time. Does it all go towards assessable income? I mean, is ATO expects you to. Yeah, it all comes down to to the. It all comes down to the um, bottom line. Okay. And and the uh, taxable profit. Right. So um, the the bike shop of your acquaintance. Um, I I assume he'd be a small business. Oh yeah, he's he's not not a not a not a big operation. I mean, I. I we're just going over. I think. I think the di- well, the difference. I think from year to year of his stock would be a couple of thousand. Really, he's, he's mm. very small. But luckily, he's, he's doing well. So he's felt the this other premises came open, and he wants to move there and expand. So I look, he, he would have only three or four thousand difference. I think. Uh, so why? Okay. So um, well, the um, general trading stock rules that I've just uh, mentioned yep. are like um, depreciation rules um, simplified. For small business. Oh, good. Small good. businesses. That's good news. So um, a small business entity has the choice to apply uh, simplified trading stock rules. Yep. If um, the difference between the value of all its trading stock on hand at the start of the year and the reasonable estimated value of its trading stock at the end of the year is not more than $5,000. Okay. Um, a reasonable estimate uh, would be an approximation of the value by the taxpayer that is reasonable in all circumstances. Okay, yeah. Um, so if some taxpayers, uh, they might maintain a constant level of stock each year yep. and will know the value of stock on hand, while others with fluctuating stock levels may keep comprehensive records from which the estimate can be derived. Okay, so you've got to, you've got to have a reasonable estimate. I think my friend, will, he's not very good on record keeping. <laughs> He'll have to, he has to go back and uh, do some estimates, but mm. as, long as, as long as it's reasonable. Okay. Um, and just in addition, if the uh, small business entity qualifies and elects to account for trading stock under the simplified rules, yep. it will not be required to undertake a stock take at the end of the income year. Oh, good. Or include adjustments to its income for changes in the value of trading stock. Oh, good. So the effect of this rule is that the closing value and the opening value of trading stock in a particular financial year yep. are deemed to be the same for tax purposes. And this value will become the trading stock opening value in the next income year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Well, that, that's that's good news. Just one last thing. Um, if the difference between the closing and opening values of trading stock is over the $5,000, yep. it is mandatory mandatory right. Right. for the SBE to do a stock take and account for the change in accordance with the usual trading stock ah. valuations, which okay. we uh, were chatting about five minutes or so ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... $5,000, the threshold. After that, you've got to do the stock take. Correct. Okay. Well, good to know. Okay. Well, it's um, not as complicated as my friend feared. Um, I think he's going to come below that $5,000 threshold, so oh, that's good well, news. That's good, yep. Makes yeah. life easy for him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, um, enlightening. Thanks again, David. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, listeners. And um, please, please be back next week.